0: This is Behold, a VBC Podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. Without further ado, here is the Behold Podcast. All right, well, hello and welcome back to the Behold Podcast, everybody. This is Sean and Dan and the one and only Chuck Ming, Charlie Ming. Say hi, guys. Whoop whoop! What's up, y'all? Hey, did you guys know that
1: Charlie's middle name is Lyle? Charles Lyle Ming. It's a fun fact for all those beholders out there. I think it's I think it's I think it's a, a remarkable middle name.
2: What would be really remarkable is so the most likely uh, origin of the last name Ming is from the German von Mingenhausen. Yes. So I just feel like Charles Lyle von Mingenhausen has such like a good <laughs> like ring to it, right? Dude, I don't know if ring is the right word, but it's got, <laughs> well, it definitely Ming, got Ming, something to it. Yeah, Ming for a six foot six white guy is a weird last name. And I, I just wonder how different my life would have been if when that name was shortened, they just went with Vaughn. Cause like Charlie Vaughn, that's like a cool hip name.
1: But see that—that's what I was gonna say. I, I think Vaughn would have been, you know, may, so maybe if your last name was Vaughn, maybe you would have bypassed those awkward <laughs> stages of uh, of of the full sweatsuit flooded. You I know?
2: I doubt it. You but think maybe, you would have? Okay. Th- yeah, I, I, you know.
1: For those that don't know Charlie, you know, I've known Charlie for a long time. He was, he, uh, he went through, was it middle school or part of the high school? Probably. Just wearing. Even still. Even still. A full sweatsuit. But he was Growing at such a rapid, such a rapid state that they were often flooded. Yep. And, and what was the color? It was a. Banana. A, a banana yellow. Yeah, exactly. It looked
2: yeah. like a giant yeah. banana with acne.
1: That was your uniform. That's what you wore to school every day.
0: <laughs> every. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, this is quite the controversy over here, guys. We shouldn't get caught up in controversies. That's what I learned on Sunday. Controversies. Wow, I like it. Uh, hey, Dan, what did you do this weekend before we get going? You gave a teaser well, last if, week. Well, if you,
1: if you listened to the Behold podcast last week, you would have already known. Um, pretty sure you were there, Sean. <clears throat> uh, but got to go to a wedding. Luke and Kaylee, they are, uh, the two have become one. And it was <clears throat> a grand spectacle and just a beautiful, worshipful celebratory time. Shout out to Nate Lopez. A lot of you guys know Nate Lopez, longtime VBCer. He has uh, moved out of state the last few years, but he came back and he turned this, the the barn on this property into like a full fledged rock concert. And so (laughs) it was like, it was, it was a wedding and a, and a a banquet and, and all that fun stuff. But then later it turned into like a straight up rock and roll concert. And there was all these different acts. Luke's band played, um, they had a worship band. Dude, the father of the bride did like a 100 out of 100 uh, Bono impre- impersonation. He sang, it's a beautiful day. And he did everything, all the high notes. He was rocking out the, with a full band. that was It was live music. And then at the end, he crowd surfed the whole thing. Dude, he, the father of the bride <laughs> it's so fun. jumped into the crowd. And was carrying it was so epic. It was it was such a great time. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was fun to to just be with my date, my my sweet bride, Emily, and um the kids had a great time uh staying with family and that was it was really sweet, awesome.
0: Wow. That sounds completely epic
1: it was it was awesome i mean there was like fog machine and lasers and subwoofers and moving lights and i mean it was like it was like being at a rock show
0: it was so awesome every, every girl's fairy tale wedding dream picture right there. exactly i exactly. love it well and, and speaking so, of weddings where were you sean wow look at that segue i was also uh engaging with nuptials in hawaii with my family i was filming a wedding in hawaii and uh, thanks to those of you who prayed for us, trying to figure out if they were going to come or not. They came. It was awesome. Wendy did great on the flights and all the stuff, and such a great short trip to Hawaii. And Man, this couple, uh, Diane and Steven was their names, and I don't know wh- where they found this place, but it was an island of Oahu, and literally, I'll show you guys pictures. I mean, it could not have been more like Jurassic Park than it was. It was just so... Beautiful and serene, and and there were dinosaurs, right? Yeah, and then we rode dinosaurs. as part of the. There will be dinosaurs. There was no <laughs> dinosaurs. And then the T Rex crowd surfed at the end. It was really
2: cool. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he also had hey, a, he also had a great Bono
0: impression.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, how did uh, how did Wendy do? Uh, how did she manage the the camera? She, you had her as a second shooter, right?
0: Oh, we started him young. Do? I'm Korean, guys. We're all about that young that young workforce. Put them uh, to work, dude. Got to train them up right yeah she did great on the trip she did not shoot me unfortunately but yeah you know just like being in this intimate beautiful beautiful wedding what a refreshing thing coming out of you know the year we've all been through and people (laughs) and all that stuff it's just so nice to be in the middle of this beautiful environment it's just such a refreshing time so weddings galore this weekend for all of us hope all of you listening had a great fourth of july whatever you did celebrating america's birthday And that said, let's circle back to what Chuck said about avoiding controversy.
2: Avoiding controversy. Well, yeah. And, and I, I love, I love this section and, and, you know, Gary covered, uh, at the crossing, uh, chapter two verses 22 through 26. Again, if you, if you have not listened to that, go back and, and check it out uh, at VBC.online. You can find those archived messages, but, um, I love what what Paul does here, where he he focuses in on on Timothy and this group of leaders that Timothy is raising up, and he says this is the this is the uh, I don't know the the way you go about living. You flee youthful passions and you pursue righteousness, and just that that the two sides of the coin I think is um, just so important to to process through and. Um, make sure that we're doing that that we're we're running from those things uh, that that are foolish that are that are not worth our time that that can lead into to pretty pretty habitual kinds of sin and instead we pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace um, and that we do that as a community right with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart I just I, I, I love that uh, that verse
0: I love that um coming out of that, like we've been talking about this kind of concept for several weeks now, you know, about avoiding things and, and clinging to truth and whatnot. But I just love here, at least the clarity of it is simpler than we make it out to be. Sometimes are you guys familiar with the, with the kiss method? Oh, keep it simple. Silly. Keep it simple, stupid or silly. (laughs) Whatever. Keep it simple. You say, I love it. Well, and that was, and that was one of the things
1: that Gary said, uh, on Sunday was just he said, as we go through this stuff, it's gonna simplify your life, which yep. which is an awesome Garyism. He's always looking for ways to just kind of cut through the nonsense and just get the truth in front of people because the truth really does set you free. The truth helps you understand what life is supposed to be about. And when we know what we're getting into and 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 what is before us, uh it really does simplify things and man, don't you love, you know, passages in scripture where it, it says, you know, don't do this, do this instead, yep. you know, and, and, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think, and it's interesting too, the whole, the whole idea of, of, youthful in, in that context, because when I was younger, I didn't like that a lot. Like I really didn't like someone saying, don't do this, do this instead, you know, that really like <laughs> bucked against my rebellious spirit um, but as the Lord has refined me and matured me in Christ, I've come to like really love, you know, that kind of instruction.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Hey, do you guys
1: agree? Is it just me? <laughs>
2: I was no, I think, I think we're <laughs> laughing because I think that you still have a little bit of that vein, oh, you know, just a little bit, not a lot. You're right. Like the Lord, I think for all of us, right. As we've matured, we, we are um, much more. Uh, I don't know confident and excited to like allow people to instruct us right to allow there to be this this kind of mentorship and discipleship and those kinds of things Um, but yeah I I think that we still all three of us still have that little bit of like don't tell me me what to do do. oh I love it Um, yeah before before we get into like it, 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 especially that that simplification process because he goes on in the next verses on on what does that simplicity look like and it's wonderful because he's like don't have anything to do with these stupid conversations that are going on right he's saying he's saying man that's there, there's no point in that um, but it's funny Nate Nate Baird taught on on this passage at the Altamont and one of the things that he uh, he presented. Um, to everyone and I think for 99% of, of the group, it was our first introduction to what's known as known as World Chase Tag. Have you guys ever heard of this?
1: Uh, yes.
2: yeah, so it's amazing this, stuff. Basically like it's a competition in a, in a fairly small kind of arena. And there's, there's all kinds of, of obstacles and things set up. And then it's basically one-on-one tag. And these guys are like parkouring and going crazy. Parkour, for those of you who don't know, it's like the getting from point A to point B in the most creative way possible. So they're Extreme. like flipping over things and like jumping and it's crazy. But it's like intense, right? Like there is a constant like cat and mouse kind of deal going on of pursuit and fleeing. And I, I love that picture because it's, it, mm. it, it paints for me the kind of tenacity I want to go after this stuff with. Like I want to run from those stupid things that can, that can distract or convolute. And I want to pursue with, with tenacity uh, the, the life of Christ. And, and man, I, I just love that picture. If you guys haven't seen it, look it up, World Chase Tag. You can find videos and just watch it for 10 seconds. It's pretty entertaining.
1: How long do the rounds last? I mean, are they- I think are it's they... one minute. Yeah. okay so and you're trying to get you're trying to come out on top like you're trying to you're trying to not be it yeah, when the bell I, rings I, or yeah, however, however, however many times
2: you hit I think there's a bunch uh, of different okay. ways to score
0: yeah. it but you have to do both like you're one one round you'll be the chaser one on you're the one running but anyways yeah they're short they're, I mean you're full sprinting like you watch these things and it's almost like if you watch Tarzan and he's like flying <laughs> through the trees that's what they look like they're flying through these metal you know obstacles and doing all this stuff but I appreciate it because I think a lot of times when we're talking about like running from bad things or running from sin or running from conversations, we get this picture, it's like, Oh yeah, coworkers are talking about, you know, gossip or, or whatever and we're like, Oh no, thanks, I'm good. I don't wanna I'm good. But that's not the mentality we're seeing in this this picture, right? It's like this 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 fervent Intense, I want nothing to do with that. I'm running as far away as I can, you know, which I think yeah. for a lot of us isn't exactly how we approach this sometimes. Yep.
1: Well, it's interesting to kind of go back to that that term youthful because there, there's, there's a, a vigor and intensity, I think, that that we tend to have, you know, when we're younger in life. And and really that's what I, I think sometimes makes us um, susceptible to getting caught into these Uh, these controversies, these, these foolish and ignorant, you know, uh, issues is because we're, we, we're so easily riled up. Right. And, and there, there is an intensity kind of that we, we boil hot, I think, you know, when we're younger. Um, and, and then just to have this picture then of like fleeing, um, you know, to, to, to run away from that stuff. It's almost like, Hey, use that energy that you have that is sometimes associated with being immature. And then, and and push that, use that energy to to push you towards truth.
2: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I, it's funny because I think that when we're younger, there's almost this sense of like, we have something to prove. We want to prove ourselves. We want to prove our intelligence. We want to prove whatever it might be. And so it's easy to get caught up in those kinds of things because we want to, um, come across as as knowledgeable or good arguers or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, um, but man, how how much, especially when we get into verse twenty three, right? Like, have nothing to do with these foolish and ignorant controversies because they breed quarrels. They they cause divisiveness within the church. And he's saying, man, don't don't do it. Have nothing to do with those things. And I love it, even as he goes on talking about kind of the the. The way we approach opposition, that there's this gentleness and, and kindness. And we have goals in mind of seeing those who, who want to push the buttons to, to repent and turn, right? And so it's not about us proving ourselves. It's us recognizing that God has already proved himself and we get to stand in that, right? We get to, it calmly with stability, uh, just just kind of get to stand in that kind of stuff. And it's great.
1: That's awesome. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we should get into, to, to some of those controversies that, that we, we see that maybe give some examples. Cause
2: the way you Gary, said that, the way you said that word was controversial to me. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I like
1: to, I like to put the, a different emphasis on the syllables. That's wow. cute. Uri uh, once in a while. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, I think like, yeah, we can, we, we can get into some of the specifics right now, but I think one thing that like I think it ties in really well with what we talked about last week in that a lot of the times when we're talking about engaging with controversies, you know, speaking about youth and how we were when we were younger, picture high school, you know. I think a lot of us in high school were so much more consumed than we are now with the idea of being included, being popular, you know, with whatever circle that is. And so, like we said last week, popularity and the pursuit of popularity can be so detrimental to purity, and mm. so isn't it with controversies like a lot of the times mm. when you really look at it The reason people are engaging with X Y or Z when it comes to controversies are Because they want to be popular they want to be included in whatever that certain context is and That's just so dangerous for example
1: Let me let me yeah oh no sorry you got because I, I have a different idea too because I, I think I think that is Is reason a and reason b that people get into this stuff is because they they're not good at having meaningful conversations, right? And so cuz I think this is the low-hanging fruit of, of a conversation. You know, it's like to to just talk about whatever drama is happening, whether it's, you know, gossip or if, or if it's like, oh, well I read in the news duh, 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 or I saw this blog or this thing, you know. It's just so juicy and 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 easy to get to. And I and I think sometimes we're lazy or we're afraid of having like real gospel-centered conversations with people and asking them like how are you doing in life. This stuff is way more accessible and way easier. Well, it's tantalizing,
2: um, right? Like it's yeah, there's there's yeah. there's this like salacious kind of aspect to it, right? Like Sarah, Sarah, my wife of ten years, or uh, I was married to her for ten years before she passed away. She uh, she did not believe in the moon landing, <laughs> and and. <laughs> And she did so, I think, like, probably 20% of her actually really did not think it happened. The rest of it was just, it's funny. It's like a funny conversation. Right. But she, like, came to that point where she's like, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, because people would give her a hard time. And it's not that that was the issue, but that it, it, ruin, it can ruin conversation. It really can right. in the sense that you walk away from it, and maybe it was lighthearted and fun, but what did it produce, right? And if our goal in conversation is to produce the life of Christ— Man, these things like JFK, right? These things like like the moon landing. These things like QAnon, QAnon, yeah. And yeah. these these other these other things that are happening in the world now. One, there's nothing new under the sun, and we have seen throughout history the point of these kinds of controversies is to stir up division and is to to promote uh, positions of power. Um, I mean, Hitler used horrific controversies, right. Uh, uh, that, that he, he put upon the Jewish population.
1: It was to, a narrative. Yeah. He, yeah. he spun a narrative yep. right?
2: to, to manipulate, right. In order to get people to, to at the very least accept what he was doing, even if they weren't necessarily cheerleading for it. Um, and, and it's just dangerous, dangerous stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have to, we have to cling to what we know, because if you look at whatever controversy you look at, the reason it's a conspiracy theory is because the truth is is so elusive yep. it, it can't be known and and that's what Gary was talking about is like you know it's almost like that's how we know that it it fits into this category that that Paul is telling Timothy about is it is the truth so um buried and so like just concealed is it impossible to know and if it is then then it's a good indicator that it's not something that is going to to be a beneficial thing to talk about. And that's why I love to, to, to juxtapose like these controversies with, um, like, like things in scripture that are verified that we know happened historically that we can look at. And I love, um, you know, there's a lot of great apologists and Christian case makers out there that they talk about the reliability of the resurrection Yep. And and I love how Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians 15 and we have referenced this on the podcast um previously but he, you know he talks about the resurrection being being this issue of first importance that it is it is so these central gospel truths are so uh crucial and 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 I love in that in that passage that 1 Corinthians 15 passage he says Christ was raised and he showed himself to to hundreds of people. Yep. And and there's all these eyewitnesses and you know it's really interesting uh, a lot of you guys remember Jay Warner Wallace he came he came to our church and did a conference uh, a couple of years ago and he's he's a great apologist and he writes a bunch of stuff but he talks about um there's five key components to uh to make a conspiracy actually work right mm. so in order for for the truth to be covered up or in order for for you know um a, a different narrative to be kept for a, a period of time you need these these five things and so he he lists them he says you need a small number of conspirators right so the more people that you have involved it, uh, in the group the harder it is to maintain the lie um number 2 is you, you, the communication needs to be thorough and immediate so um if there's any kind of breakdown in, in the communication the conspiracies tend to break down you need a short time span uh, the shorter amount of time the conspiracy has um, to be maintained, that's the better, right? Number five is significant relational connections. So the people that are maintaining this conspiracy need to have strong ties like family or or, or, or things like that. Because um, otherwise they'll be really likely to betray one another. And then number five is little or no pressure. So as soon as there's like you know the threat of incarceration or persecution. Uh, usually, the conspirators will, will fold and, and the conspiracy will collapse, right? And so, with with all of these things that we look at, um, we see, man, it, it's very unlikely that all of these five things would be would be able to withhold. You know, all these decades, like with the JFK thing, right? Yep. Or even with QAnon. It's like the 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 what is being. Um, reported on this stuff it's so unlikely for it to happen and then when you look at the resurrection and you see like man um there this is definitely not a conspiracy because all of these things uh break down as well yep. and so i just i love that idea and, and um you know just just that idea of like um looking at uh the resurrection and and the other verifiable things that we see in scripture and, and we just see how easy it is to see the truth. It's so clear. It's, it's, um, you know, it's verified by historical records and, um, you know, there's, there's incredible reason to believe the veracity of scripture. And then you compare that with, you know, something like the moon landing or whatever, (laughs) like the conspiracy that it didn't happen. Like, it's just so clear. And I think it's good for us to go through those exercises as we're Deciding what kinds of things to talk about with each other.
2: Well, and I think that's that's so good too because that's like those were the issues back in the first century, right? It's that you had these these fools that were creeping into the church and they were saying in in First in Corinthians they were saying Jesus never resurrected from the dead. That didn't happen, right? In 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 Ephesus you've got guys that are coming in and saying you know that that the resurrection already happened for for everyone else, right? And and what what they're doing in that process is they're trying to diminish the the gospel truth in order to promote their own youthful passions, their own, their right. own, their own agendas, or they're doing it in order to avoid suffering. So if, right. uh, so these are the kinds of folks that if, if persecution started coming against them for their controversies, they're going to break down. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just not going to work.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think there, there's the people that start these controversies that have those nefarious, uh, you know, ends in mind, but then there's, there's people that just kind of innocently get sucked into it as Mm -hmm. well. Right. And, and so that's why I think it's really good to like, just think about it in terms of self-evaluation when you're, when you feel yourself getting sucked in, you know, just, just ask yourself like, is this something that I, can I get to the truth on this or is it so buried and concealed that, that it'll never come? Because if so, it's, it's most likely, a, a, you know, a conspiracy. Um, I want to read this quote from Chuck Colson, who's a former special counsel to, to President Nixon. And, um, you know, those history buffs out there know about the Watergate scandal and and just how everything that, that Nixon and his administration was involved in, they tried to cover it up, but the truth eventually came out, right? And this is what he said, and it's I think it's really profound, and just kind of chew on this. So... He says, as I've written elsewhere, it was ironically the Watergate cover up that left me convinced that the biblical accounts of the resurrection of Jesus Christ are historically reliable. In my Watergate experience, I saw the inability of men, powerful, highly motivated professionals, to hold together a conspiracy based on a lie. It was less than three weeks from that time that Mr. Nixon knew all the facts to the time that John Dean went to, perse- to prosecutors. Once that happened, Mr. Nixon's presidency was doomed. The actual cover-up lasted less than a month. Yet Christ's powerless followers maintained to their grim deaths by execution that they had, in fact, seen Jesus Christ Mm. raised from the dead. There was no conspiracy, no Passover plot. Men and women do not give up their comfort, and certainly not their lives, for what they know to be a lie. Isn't that cool? So good. So just just you know think through that as as you're you know looking at the things the conversations that you're getting pulled into and and I think it'll really help.
0: Yeah, you know I think it's I love that idea of reflection on this matter and just knowing yourself because we're all different. you know Laura's made us all differently, and we all struggle with different sins we all we all just process things differently and you know picture we're all trees blowing the wind, right. Some trees, they just bend more in the wind than others. And some of us are more inclined to kind of be sucked into these things. And others of us, there's never a temptation about conspiracies or gossip or controversy. So I think it's important to, to really be brutally honest with yourself and and identify, man, am I someone who really easily gets sucked into gossip and controversy? Because, you know, right now we're talking about, you know, the Watergate and moon landings and QAnon and all that kind of stuff. But to bring it closer to home, like controversies are not always these huge national things, you know? Mm, Like if we're talking about the church next door, why they split up, you know, if we're talking about an unhealthy conversation about everything you went through with your DUI, Charlie, Yep. you know, or, you know, Karen just announced she's resigning controversies about that. There's so many things that could so easily be a totally normal, healthy conversation or, those people who are more inclined for that, it becomes controversy. And one of those questions that Gary encouraged us to, to ask ourselves as we do this, is: think about these conversations you're having. And then it's a really easy test. Is this conversation producing the life of God or Mm. is it producing division and bitterness?
2: And that's that simplicity.
0: Keep it simple. Yeah. Yep. And so often when we're talking about these things that are really close to home, we don't think of them as conspiracies or controversies, but they're producing division and bitterness. And we just have to run from that with such, such zeal, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about then, you know, let, let's say we in that moment we've identified, Hey, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm getting sucked in here. Right. But you're, you're sometimes, sometimes you're, um, it just in front of a computer screen or a book. Or, or 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 you're listening to a podcast and and you can just turn it off and run away from it, right? But other times you're standing in front of a person or a group of persons, and you know how do we engage with those people? How do we how do we not just I think get away ourselves, but is there a way is there a way for us to um, to actually you know do what we can to turn that conversation?
2: Yeah, and. You know what I mean? Yeah, well no and I and I think that the answer is pretty clear, right? It's it's the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. But kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth. And after they That's come good. to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, after being captured by him to do his will. So there's a few things at play.
1: No, wait, are you saying the answers in the Bible? It
2: is. It's right here in this passage oh, that we're looking at. Oh my well, and gosh. I think that there's a few what things, a, a, few layers, a, few, <laughs> a few layers here that we've got. We've got to have our heads around. Number one happens at the end that the enemy. Satan himself is intimately involved in these kinds of things. He wants so badly for the church to focus on things that don't matter. He wants Mm. so badly. And I'll just Mm. real quick plug. E.M. Bounds has a book called Winning the Invisible War. If you're looking for something to read, it's a short read. He, he can be a little hard to follow at some points, but it's wonderful. So check that out. E.M. Bounds, Winning the Invisible War. But he talks about Satan's whole strategy against the church is to take our eyes off of what matters, right? And and, and we see it here in 2 Timothy 2.26, uh, hoping that they come to their senses and have escaped the snare of the devil. That, that when we're in that situation, to have that immediate understanding that the enemy is at play, and he has ensnared these folks and that our hope is that through our relationship and through what we say in that process, the Lord would use that to, to remove that ensnaring, to remove that, that tie, right? And so that gives us a stability. It gives us a framework to say, my goal is not to stir this up or to like yell at them for being dumb or, or whatever right, it might right, be, right? right? It's to just gently with stability and maturity, continue to speak truth, continue to to correct.
1: Can we do like a little role play or something? Like what, what might that look like? You know what I mean? I'm serious. Like, like how, how, so let's say, you know, I I think the example you brought up, Sean of, Oh, did you hear about such and such church and how they're leaving good doctrine and, or, or they, they sing worship songs by this band and, (laughs) or, 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 or they're, you know, they're teaching this curriculum in their children's, you know what I mean? Like, Um, so, so let's say you're in you walk up to a a group of people on a Sunday morning and they're, and they're getting into that, you
0: know? Um, I mean, what, what could you, what would you, what would you guys say? Well, I think one thing like, which Tim Barley is great at doing this, he does all the time is you walk into it and you don't have to run from the conversation, but just, just speak firm truth immediately. You know, if that happened, you said that the first thing that I would picture Tim saying, or maybe me in this situation is man, (laughs) that breaks my heart. You know, it is always sad when a church family of God is divided like this. Like what a heartbreaking thing. And I think it's awkward for people when you identify that to continue like fervently conspiring about it when you're mm. acknowledging that no, this is not a, a a joyous thing. The way you're talking about this with an excitement is actually shameful. You yep. know, yeah. if we're talking about sin, this should be this should be grieving for us, right? We should it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like a morsel. Like
1: like I think Proverbs talks about you know, these, some of these conversations, like it goes down like a choice morsel. Like it's just so tasty, you know, Salacious, um, in the yeah. moment. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, th- I think it's really good to, to, to have a, a compassionate response
2: to, it. I love that. Yeah. And, um, and like Sean said, that diffuses, typically that will diffuse the situation. But I think then to say, Hey, um, I, I just want to challenge you guys. Maybe, maybe not to talk about this stuff, the way that you're talking about it. Like what, what is it that's being accomplished? Because if, if, if we can identify in those situations motivation, and if the motivation is the salaciousness, it's the, it's the, you know, ooh, guess what happened, you know what I mean, kind of stuff. If we, right. can, if we can identify that motivation, then there's a much more, uh, you know, if these are genuine followers of Jesus, there's a much higher chance that they're going to repent from that. They're going to be like, ooh, yeah, yeah, maybe God. my motivation's off here.
1: Or what do you guys think? You know, I love that. I love that. What do you guys think too? I love, I love a good question. You know, Mm -hmm. um, like, like what if it was like, even something like, what do we actually know? Right. Like about such and such, like, what do we actually know about a church across town? Like, I've never been there. Have you ever been there? Do you know anybody who's there? You know what I mean? And obviously I think sometimes we, we know more, some people know more than others. But a lot of times when you ask that question, it's secondhand or even, even more far removed than that. Um, you know, and so, so just to be able to say like, dude, like, let's just focus on what, on what we know, you know, and and let, let's just, um, or, or even something like, Hey, what if we prayed for them? What if we prayed for that church?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think even like if you're not comfortable being that person who's going to step in and be bold and say, Hey, let's not talk about this this way. Or, Hey, what do you guys actually know? Even, do you even have to go that far? Just say on your own individual level, you know, I haven't been to that church. I haven't seen any of this. I don't know if that's true or not. And you don't have to even go into like challenge them. Do you actually know that? You know, but just say, I haven't seen any of this. I don't know if that's That's true.
1: I like that. I like that. And, and here's the thing that I think is really challenging with all this stuff is we're in the age of information. Right. So before, like in the first century, if I wanted to find out what the, what the hot gossip is, or if I wanted to, you know, figure out what, what the latest, you know, conspiracy theory is like, I'd have to go to like the, the city gate, you know, or I'd have to like hang out, you know, after synagogue and like in, in chat, you know, like, but now I can stay up till 2am and, and just go on the internet and, and go down whatever rabbit troll, you know, whatever rabbit trail trail. Hole? Yeah. Yeah. Ra- hole.
2: Whatever, whatever, hole. Hey, whatever. Either way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever thing I want to do, I can, I can, and, and I can gain all. And it kind of goes back to that thing of like collecting, like we're going to get into it, um, this week, like, or maybe in a couple of weeks, but like collecting teachers, you know, to fit our, to, to scratch our itching ears. Right. It's like we can. So I think that's part of the challenges is, is we, we can go into those conversations feeling like we do know a lot and feeling like we do, we have gotten to the bottom and we do have the answer. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a lie because it, and I think it goes back to like, what is it producing? You know, what good is it, is it actually doing that you have got all this ammunition, you know, to go into this conversation because you watched this video? I mean, going back to the thing on churches that, I mean, I think, I think uh, good, you know, theologically reformed evangelicals love to blacklist stuff sometimes. <laughs> we love to say, this church is bad. This pastor's wrong. Don't read that book. Da, 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 da. And I think we can go too far with that. We're, we're, we're experts on what's wrong in Christian Christendom, you know, like we're experts on like, stay away from this stuff, you know, as opposed to just saying, let me just cling to the truth. Like, what if I spent all that time that I did researching you know, this church and this pastor and watching all those videos and figuring out what's wrong with them. What if I took all that time and I just put it into the word of God and and I let my conversations be about that?
2: Yeah. Well, that's the keep the main thing, the main thing, right? Like that is, that is the, the goal, right? Is to say the truth will triumph, right? Like The reality is, and I love Paul's attitude, you hear it throughout, and in a couple weeks we'll look at at chapter three, I think, verses one through nine, but he says at the end of it, as he describes these folks, he says, they're not going to get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. He's talking about Janus and Jambres and their opposition to Moses back in the Old Testament, but he's saying saying, you don't have to get super hyper-focused on this stuff, because their folly will present itself. It's going to come to light. Now, do I think that there is there is some benefit in being able to, in a one-on-one conversation or in our sphere of influence, to be able to say, say hey, oh, you're reading that book, tell me about it, and to have some knowledge maybe of heretical mm-hmm. concepts and ideas that are out there, sure. But if it becomes the main thing, we're, yeah. we're screwing up. We're, we're yeah. not focused on the right stuff.
1: Well, Hundred yeah, percent, and it's and it's more about this house. Like, yep, yep, like yep, yep, yep. when when you look at those like those protect the church from the wolves, it, it, it's it's localized. It's it's like what 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 heresies are coming into to this house, like, and 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 that's what we're called to protect. It's impossible. It's not even realistic in any way to to think that
0: we're going to be these watchdogs for the whole entire church and every. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think with that too, like. Just being careful about the way we speak about things, you know, because a lot of us watch other churches stuff, other people's stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with being aware of what's happening around us, but just being careful to speak accurately. You know, for example, your thing about churches, if, if you their doctrine or whatever, if you watch a church's sermon and they speak heretical things in that, then it's totally appropriate for you if that comes up to say, you know what, I watched this one sermon, I didn't like what they said. But beyond that, you can't make these claims about the church's core and theology because you don't know, you know? Or yep. if you see a, you know, a church doing something in worship that you think is unbiblical, I think it's totally fine and even healthy in some contexts to say, I think what that was, what that just happened, was probably not grounded in scripture. That's an important exercise. But beyond that, you can't then make claims about the entire church family, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. That that you can't like. See one thing and then just make an assumption about everything. I mean, how many times have we misspoken or said yeah. something that wasn't totally accurate and, and could be misconstrued, right? Yeah. And so in order to get the kinds of knowledge that we would need to make an accurate evaluation of where these these people are— it just would take so much time and there's just, we can spend our time doing much more beneficial things. Well, I think well, it and,
2: comes down to that motivation piece again, like, and, and to really like lay your heart bare before the Lord and say, is my motivation in this to talk about how bad they are? You know what I mean? If, if, <laughs> it's my, so bad. No, it's, it's my motivation to, to love a brother who might be under the influence of false theology. That's a different story, right? So that's, so, that's really good. yeah. So that's it's really it's yeah. you gotta like you gotta do that heart check continually to say like what am I what am I doing here? Because if it's if it's to stir up dissension, if it's to stir up controversy, man, read through this stuff. Read through mm-hmm. chapter three one through nine. And do you wanna do you wanna be identified with these kinds of people? And and totally. man, I hope not.
1: Well, and I love I love Gary put it in his outline like the, the Second Corinthians two eleven like. Don't get tricked by Satan. Yep. You know, yep. don't, don't, because that I think is exactly what's happening is we're, we're ignorant of his designs. And, and he, like you said earlier, and like what Ian Bound said, it's like his, his mission is to take us off mission. Yep. And, and when we get, when we get hyper focused on, on controversy and, and yeah, it's just, we're, we're getting tricked. Like, so, so just, you know, be aware of that. Like, Satan's a tricky little a tricky guy. <laughs> he is a tricky and guy. And we don't want to we don't want to be, you know, blind to how he's how he's sucking us into it.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good place to kind of wrap up here and just leave people thinking about. Is again that question is is this conversation, is the way I'm talking about this and thinking about this, is it producing the life of God or is it producing divisiveness and chaos, you know? Yeah. And that, that is such an easy litmus test for our hearts as we think about stuff, for our tongues, as we talk about stuff, for our fingers, as we're typing out Instagram posts about stuff or whatever, you know, of just, is this, cause anything can become controversy, right? Anything can, if like you said, if Satan's influences get worked in there. So just gotta be aware and keep our eyes open keep asking ourselves, am I contributing to the life of God in my church family or am I contributing to to gossip and divisiveness and all of those things? Anything you guys want to end on after that? No, I love it. Yeah, we
1: we we love you guys, and and you know, I I just I, I think this is there, there's there's a, a a care in in these things that we hear from Paul, mm-hmm. um, and, and that the Lord wants to speak to us is like He wants what's best for us, and you know, he he's got big plans for us as His church, and He doesn't want us to to. To swerve you know to the right or to the left, like he wants us to stay on track, so um so hopefully you see like the love of God in this and like a pastoral heart in this, and um man i I just think we free up so much bandwidth for kingdom stuff when we uh when we run away from these foolish things and 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 head towards truth, so um be encouraged along those lines
0: love it you. you <laughs> you stay your your set apart fishing fishing butcher knife thing what's it called what's a fisher what? what's a fish butcher what are called you charlie you,
1: you're in tool. you're tool your for filleting f- a fish yeah, it's a f- fillet knife
0: yeah but what's the fillet what's knife. the man called what's the man doing the work called not a butcher is a fish, fish butcher
2: fishmonger
0: Fishmonger. Uh, now we know. <laughs> it's true.
2: That's true. It's a fishmonger. I,
0: I love it. Yeah. Hey, if you're confused right hey. now, listen to Behold Last Week. And after that, you'll understand be your set apart, full knife you're meant to be, y'all. Yep.
1: Hey, and before we sign off, too, um, the the um, the mission team for the Navajo Outreach is leaving uh, two days from now. Well, depending on when you get there, they're leaving on the 9th. So be praying for them. Um, and we'll try to, we'll try to give a little report on next week's podcast, because uh, that'll be smack dab in the middle of their trip. So, but just be praying for all of our missionaries. There's about 60 of them heading out to the four corners area of Arizona to, um, just to share the love and message of, of Jesus with the Navajo people. So please be praying for them.
0: Love it. All right, guys. Love you. Sean Helge, Gillette, Charlie Lyle-Mang, tapping out. Signing off. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out VBC.online forward slash Behold. Catch you guys next week.